It's the Score North Twin Show. Oh, crank up that hot stove. This is the hottest hottest it's been. Oh, right there. (laughs) Feeling good. So, yeah, this is... This was a trade probably three months in the making here last night. The Twins trade longtime second baseman shortstop Jorge Polanco to the Seattle Mariners for four pieces. 33-year-old right-handed reliever Justin Topa, 34-year-old right-handed starter Anthony DiScalfani, 19-year-old top 100 overall prospect outfielder Gabriel Gonzalez, and then low A pitching prospect Darren Bowen. They also get the Twins get eight million dollars in cash to help offset the Desclafani uh, contract. And Derek Falvey said, "Quote, according to the Athletic, we're trying to find a way to add to the 24 roster and also keep an eye on the future. This was the first deal for us that really intersected both of those in a way that felt like it was above the line." We still think there are ways we can utilize some of that money to address other ways to improve the club. That was our goal. That was our mission. So maybe some more moves to be made, but this was, this was, we kind of saw this coming from a few months away. What are your just initial thoughts on Polanco for these four pieces from the Mariners? Well, first of all, I think it's, uh, it's hard to pass immediate judgment because I will say that while, uh, while Topo should help, replace Pagan in the bullpen. And while you might have got a starter, but he's been injury prone, uh, to me, the key to the deal potentially is the uh, Class A outfield prospect, Gabriel Gonzalez. So if he becomes a nice chip to f- to trade in the future or can play up here, it becomes a very good trade. What I what I think about Polanco is this. I think that there was a, a, uh, a misperception among Twins fans. Uh, who and there are some who are not pleased with this trade right now, but I think the problem was this: they thought that the Twins were going to get like a top of the rotation starter back, and Polanco is thirty. Unfortunately, he's breaking down. Yeah, and in uh, two thousand twenty-three, two separate hamstring injuries cost him fifty-three games. He had an ankle problem in two thousand nineteen and twenty, and he and he missed. 37 games in 2022 because of a knee problem, okay? So this this whole thing of, well, you I thought you were going to get one of Seattle's top pitching prospects or something was was folly. Um, so I actually come away from this deal. I think it's hard to pass judgment, but I think it's easy to say that you can at least in this case see what the Twins saw. And on DiScalfini, I think the other thing is this. Okay, yes, he's had arm problems. Yes, that's a concern, including the, the fact that he was shut down in July well, with the Giants last year because of a strained, a, a flexor strain yeah. in the elbow. Uh, but yeah. but where this he's going to need TJ. He's going to need Tommy John. But here's where I'm not too upset about that. In this case, the Tyler Malley trade was done to bring aboard a chip, a sole chip that you were relying on. Like you screwed the pooch there. Yeah. On this one. Yeah, it's a return for a guy that, to be honest with you, I think Polanco, while he certainly has value and is a nice player, I don't think it was easy as picking up the phone and say, let's do a deal, Jorge Polanco. I think there was a lot of machinations here. So in this case, when I hear about a pitcher with a bad arm, 
I'm not like, well, you said you were going to get him for the top of the rotation. Screw you guys. I'm more like, okay, the package in the return makes sense. In other words, I am not raging about this trade. I actually think it could be a good trade. Yeah, they if they would have gotten Bryce Miller straight up for like Jorge Polanco, that would have been absurd. Like Bryce Miller like, graduated from one of their best pitching prospects, the Seattle Mariners, that is, um, under control for like, for the next four years. If they would have been able to just do a one-for-one swap, my God, that would have been awesome. But the Mariners are smarter than that. They weren't going to give up a controllable starter for a, a good above-average second baseman and a good bat in their lineup. Um, I like this trade on paper. I think D. Scalfani is a year fifth starter. He has good control, and there's nothing more that's really expected of him. If he can stay healthy and deliver you the 120 innings part, that's a win. That's a huge win for you. The Justin Topa part, in my opinion, is the most intriguing part of this, too, outside, obviously, Gonzalez being a top 100 prospect. Topa isn't going to blow you away. His whiff rate is low. He's not going to have a ton of strikeouts, but he has insanely good stuff. Like uh, Even on Baseball Savant the barrel rate percentage on opponents is in the 97th percentile. Barrel rate. Barrel rate. Ground ball rate in the 94th percentile. He induces a ton of ground balls, weak contact, stuff that is hard to hit. He's a worm murderer. A worm worm murderer. murderer. Um, And I looked this up, too, because I was curious, because he had a ton of appearances, 75, which is obviously a boatload. 38 of his appearances, he faced three batters or less. So, I mean, he's mostly going to be a one-inning guy for the most part. He could go, you know, a a second time out there or face a fourth or fifth batter to get out. Um, But with starters going shorter and shorter and shorter, you need as many units and bullets in the bullpen. And Topo replaces Pagan in a different style. But I actually think in general, for for a guy that Nahori Polanco, that everyone knew the Twins were going to trade him, they got a top 100 prospect, a good above-average reliever, and a serviceable pitching arm plus an extra throw-in prospect, too. I think this is, a, a on paper, a pretty solid trade for the Twins. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a couple more just sort of scouting looks at Justin Topa. So, he, he, By the way, 33 years old, and last year was his first real full season in the major leagues. He was a 10-year minor leaguer, had some injuries, I think, early in his career, uh, was with the Brewer system for a while, and I... I have a couple connections to both Brewers and Seattle that I just, I ran this trade by and uh, bo- both said they really like Topa that twins fans are going to like him as a personality, that he's a good guy. And he has a hard, heavy sinking fastball. Oh, that's right. Keeps in the park. Then, it's like huh? throwing a shot put. Yeah. Keep, by the way, keeps it in the park, 630 innings in his professional baseball career. Most of them in, in, in the minor leagues. So 630 innings. Only 36 home runs allowed in 630 innings, which is okay. pretty insane. Um, so that's that's going to be – so your bullpen now, you've, you've replaced the Pagan innings. Pagan, more of a fly ball extremist. And, and you've got Topa in here as a double play inducing ground ball guy, who also throws, by the way, like 97. He's one of those guys that throws really hard but doesn't get the strikeouts. So Duran – Brock Stewart, Griffin Jacks, Justin Topa, and then Caleb Thielbar are still, they could use another big-time lefty in there at some point. Yep. And maybe, maybe with Dee Sclafani coming in here, Louis Varland is added to your bullpen. So that, that bullpen, that's pretty nice. Some hard throwers. You got I some think, strikeout guys. You got, some, got a ground ball guy. I think the key to, to this trade for 2024 
is Varland to the bullpen if Di Scalfini can stay healthy. Yeah. And you like, can make I a trade too at the deadline for yeah. like, you know, if you can get there in good shape. I just think what we saw w- when Varlin was moved to the bullpen late in 23, I think what we saw there was really intriguing. And I'm not saying that he can't be an effective starter, but I think he could be a hell of a bullpen arm. And his stuff, what, ticked up into the 90s. Like there was a lot, there was a lot to like there. And I think your, your potential, um, entire pitching staff is stronger with Farland in the bullpen. Yep. And, but like you said, you still have the option to maybe he starts the year as a starter. And so you've, you've got a couple options for that number five spot. You can make a trade in June or July to maybe you add a playoff rotation starter and then it bumps Louis Varland back to the bullpen for the second half of the season. Like you've, you've got those options. Sure. And then we'll see what happens with, you know, Josh Stamont, who they signed, a couple months back, he had a couple really good years, like two years ago with the Royals. Cody Funderburk is an intriguing lefty that we saw at the end of the season. Um, and Jorge Alcala has always been this intriguing guy who's been hurt, but they've got bullpen arms and they've, they've, they've got options to go through here on the, uh, the 19 year old prospect. So Gabriel Gonzalez, he slots in as one of the twins top four to five prospects. Mm-hmm top 100 overall Major League Baseball uh, .com pipeline prospect. And I was texting with a, a Major League scout about these players last night. And on Gonzalez, this scout said, he's a player I really like. I think he has a chance in a couple of years to be a starter for the Twins. So you look like the, the Twins outfield collection right now in the minor leagues. You've got 25-year-old Austin Martin, former fifth overall pick, who's banging on the door for a call-up. You got Walker Jenkins, the fifth overall pick from a year ago, 19 years old. Emmanuel Rodriguez is 21, one of your top prospects. Gabriel Gonzalez, that they just traded for, 19 years old, high OBP, power, more of a corner guy than a center fielder. And then, I mean, I'll throw Bubba Thompson in there, 25 years old, fastest player in professional baseball. And play some sense. So they've they've got some outfielders here over the next two or three years that are going to be really interesting to watch. Did your sources tell you from the M's or the the Brew Crew what if in anything Topa did to go from you know long time dwelling in the minors to being super successful at no like, like was there a trip to drive line was there like <laughs> there may have been I like it just feels it's late in li- it just feels like it's late in life to uptick from. Okay, you're not you're not set to be in the majors. To oh hell yeah, you're a really effective reliever. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know for sure, but I'm just gonna pull up his uh, his timeline. He was with the Brewers for a few years, yeah. yep. and the Brewers are really good at developing arms. They have and and they've gone through some changes in that front office the last couple of years. But it doesn't surprise me that you know he he left the Texas organization. He was with Pittsburgh in the early 2000 teens and then Texas and then Milwaukee system starting at like high a in 2019 through, I guess through like the end of 2022. So him being in that Milwaukee system for a few years, just my guess, they they have a pretty good track record of just building guys from within that system. But I don't know specifically, you know, if he added a pitch, but uh, definitely like a sinking 97 mile an hour fastball. That's hard for hitters to, to get underneath, which in today's game where every hitter is trying to hit moon balls to the warning track and beyond, it's hard to get ground balls in today's game, and he does. 
So how are you guys going to remember Jorge Polanco as a twin? A, a solid infielder. Good bat. All-star. Um, I know I see some people saying like he belongs to Twins Hall of Fame. I don't know if like I can slam dunk say that. I think he's... I mean, Kadir's in, right? Yeah, but like Cuddy also I think had... I, I, I think personality-wise, Cuddy, that helped him. That pushed him a little bit over the top. He was media darling. Everyone loved him. Good guy. Should that matter though? It shouldn't, but does but does it matter versus a quiet guy? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with media people and people who are voting on. Yes, it, it does matter to them. I don't. You, you might say it's 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 it shouldn't, but it definitely does. Um, I think Let's he's put Hall- La Tortuga in. Let's put Williams Astadio in the yeah. Twins Hall of Fame. I I think he's Hall of very good Twins Hall of Fame. I think he's firmly in that. I don't know if he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer, but fans really liked him. He had some really good at bats, um, big time at bats too, and in clutch situations. But I also think you can move on from him and still be okay. This Twins infield is still really damn good on paper without Jorge Polanco. I'll recall him as a guy who who was actually at one point an Iron Man, played all the time, and was um, was a suspect shortstop because of his arm. Turned himself into a good second baseman but most of all was dealt at the exact right time like like this is this is how you optimize guys right like this is yes it's a glut at second base but you're also trading a a 30 year old player who's been battling injury problems so like i think he was good but i also think that when we talk about knowing when to pull the plug this is a good one yeah they they weren't gonna they weren't gonna resign him just because of the depth they have up the middle and if anyone was arguing, hey, they have a chance to win now, screw like assets for the future. Don't you want a winning player right now for the 2024 season? And I, I can hear that argument, but can you really rely on him at this point with all the injuries? I mean, he's kind of like 30 going on 72 with that body, it feels and like. And where was he going to play? Well, you could find a place, like a healthy Polanco, you would find a place for because healthy, he, he'd, right. he'd be one of your best hitters. Right, like a 25. 25- 26 but i'm saying now and it uh it sounds like julian is taking has done knock on wood a ton of work taking ground balls so i I saw an explanation for part of his problem that he explained and i think it it was a twin he's left-handed no no he said part of his problem was this in quebec where he grew up he could get into batting cages constantly so like that was not a problem indoor cages and stuff right but there was no place to take ground balls. So, like as a kid, on the he rink, hockey rink, just he, taking ground balls. He didn't. He didn't work <laughs> on his fielding. So he's now uh, trying to, or has worked on his fielding, which you would think should help. I will. I will give him this. He did show improvement in the field a bit during the course of last season. He was awful for about the first half, and then it it wasn't great, but it improved. So if he can play second base you've got potential options at first base and brooks lee is coming up like i like where this team is at from an infield standpoint a lot and it's uh, on the canadian front it would kind of laugh like oh they got you, you couldn't find a place to feel the ground ball in Kosky. canada dude i mean koski koski and justin morno were butchers in yep. the field coming up at third base and first base no place to go in canada it's and, cold outside yeah, pr- all the time where are you gonna feel they should have taken grounders off the ice. You yeah, want to play hot corner, play, man. Play goal. You're right. 
You're right about but, that. But those guys put in with with Tom Kelly back in the day. So Tom Kelly would show up at Twin Spring Training and help run Good Morning America and Ron Gardenhire. Were, it's it's a ground ball drill for like 20 minutes where there's just like 17 baseballs flying in every direction. Right. Uh, they would get. I mean, there's a reason why those Twins infields in the early 2000s and through that 10 year run were excellent defensively. Think about the Koskies, Morno, Nick Punto, some of these guys, um, Jason Bartlett at shortstop. So there's there's a way to turn it around if you come up as a butcher in the infield, and the Twins have proven it over the last 20 years. So just because Julian was kind of a disaster defensively doesn't mean it has to be that way for the next couple of years. But yeah, like Brooks Lee is going to be up at some point. These are great problems to have. If Brooks get off, gets off to a hot start, he'll come up. You're going to have to figure out, like, do you move Julian to first? Does Brooklyn take a corner outfield spot? Again, a great problem. Yeah. Great problems to have. And usually how right. that works out is someone got injured. It, yeah. it, it's, I mean, yes, yeah, if, you, exactly. you, if you force the hand. Will get hurt. Yeah, if you force the hand, then, you know, that that's the good problem to have. What usually, un- unfortunately, happens is, yeah, Julian has a season ending or a 60 day or 15 day long IL stint, and that's how you call it Brooklyn. And then they have to figure out all the chess pieces. Um, on the Hall of Fame, on the Twins Hall of Fame front, because we've had this conversation about Dozier. Like, is Dozier a Twins Hall of Famer? I think no. Polanco's above Dozier. Okay, well then... He's not in my opinion. Here's the thing, though. So Dozier played in a little bit more games with the Twins, 955 games versus 832 games for Polanco. Dozier has a higher career war with the Twins. Dozier had more MVP votes with the Twins. He won a gold glove with the Twins. Like, if you're going to put in Polanco, you got to put in Dozier. I feel like a couple things, all right? If you remember some of those seasons for Dozier, I feel like there was a lot of garbage time statistics, right? Not to, I don't want to, like, spend the episode clowning on Dozier, but <laughs> there there were some dark seasons where he would he would either disappear for, like, two or three months I always felt like Polanco was just a more stable everyday player throughout a six month period. He wouldn't go into a hole where it's like six weeks of being unplayable in a lineup. And Dozier had really weird stretches like that. So that's part of it. But yeah, I mean, Dozier had almost 200 career homers as a twin. He had uh, that one year in 2016 where he hit 42 home runs on the season. So I don't know. I'm out on both. You're right on both. <laughs> I'm not going to vote for either okay. one of them. Okay. Do you get a vote? Yeah. Yeah. You get a, you yeah, get a yeah, vote too. I, I, oh, you yeah. do? Okay. Yeah. Maybe we I'm can get you a vote too. next exactly. time around. Yeah. Well, let me know about that. <laughs> let me put you in vote twice. Let, let me put in Michael. Let me put in Michael Ryan and my Jason Tyner and my favorite Twins players. I also Buck think you can. Yeah. Exactly. Right in. To go back to Kadire, I also feel like he got votes because he he was part of that of that eventual resurgence. I mean, those twins For teams sure. from what Phil two thousand two basically through two thousand and and ten. He was a huge part of those. Teams. Were, yeah, so like I don't like if Brian Dozier had been part of a consistent winning culture, I vote for him. Yeah, I mean, Kadire was one of the best players on the two thousand six twins. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. on the two thousand nine twins. I don't on have the a 2010 twins. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, but there is, I mean, it is, it is worthy of a discussion in that the line to get into the twins hall of fame is it's a, it's a lower bar, sure, I sure. should say than yeah. the actual major league baseball hall of fame. By the way, I did a, I did a, an interview on the 710 ESPN Seattle morning show with Mike Salk this morning, just talking about Polanco. They are pumped about Jorge Polanco. 
And I and I sold him on it too. I said, dude, if you guys are getting a healthy Jorge Polanco, if you can get 125, 130 games out of him, he can carry your lineup for like weeks at a time. And he takes great at bats. If you think about, all right, Hector Neris is on the mound. It's a postseason game against the Astros. You got a filthy reliever. It's a one-run game. We need someone to take a great at bat. Yeah. Polanco, Julian's up on that list too, but Polanco was one of the top guys on that list. I feel like he's just in in decline because of his body breaking down. I mean, that's it. A, just feels like that. That's a fun lineup, and honestly, some hashtag old friends in that lineup. They got Mitch Garver, who might be hitting cleanup for them. That's right. Luke Rayleigh kind of has come on here after he was passed no, by. He's in not the, an old uh, friend. He's barely an acquaintance, Declan. Well, he's, he's still. Still a twins guy. You have Polanco maybe batting third. Like you have three former twins in in that lineup. And obviously, you know, Julio Rodriguez is one of the most exciting players in baseball. Like that's that's a fun lineup for them. The Bomba squad, man. Represent. I was going to say, let's get them back together. Let's put them all in the Twins Hall of Fame. Get Sano over there too. (laughs) The the Bomba squad. The whole team. You know that there will be votes cast at some point in time for For Sano. Right? No, Cruz. Oh, I would put Cruz in. Twins Hall of Fame? Wow. He had one of the great individual seasons no, in Twins did. history. He did. And, and that, still... ma- that matters to me. Yeah, if you put Cruz in, you got to look at some other guys. Though, he was too. also like the centerpiece of the greatest offensive team in Twins history. That's what I'm, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So, he, oh. He's going to get votes, and people loved him. I mean, he, in 2019, he hit 41 homers in 120 games. He had a great year, no question. He batted 311 with a 639 slugging percent. It's legitimately one of the... He's an old man. Did Harmon Killebrew ever have... Let's look this up real quick. He never had a 50, right? He never... uh, Killebrew? Yeah, he never had a 50 home run season. Hank Aaron didn't have How many thousand OPS seasons? He had a few. He probably had a couple, yeah, for sure. So Killer had had 2,000 OPS seasons but none as high as Nelson Cruz in 2019. Now, OPS plus is probably the more accurate because it, it, it adjusts for, uh, you know, the time period. So Nelson Cruz's OPS plus was 168 with 100 being average. 162 for Killer in 1961, 173 in 67. So I, well, I guess what I'm saying is Nelson Cruz, the Bomba Squad season, Okay. Put up Harmon Killebrew numbers, which is look up um, look up Brunanski. What what was his top year? Love what we're doing right now. And how much did, did he do in? I'm and he was very good in '87. Tom Brunanski. He's the one. I'm 1980. He was a one-time All Star as a twin. Okay. In '87, he had 32 bombs, 85 RBIs. It's funny he. Uh, he stole 11 bases and was caught 11 times as well. So I want to just calm down on the base dealing there, Tommy. <laughs> uh, 841 OPS, which was 18% above league average. Just a really good, solid player. But when you're part of a 1987 run, World right? Series. That's Oh, yeah. That's, that's, what, that's, what that's what's sort of swaying me. I'm sort of torn here. I'd probably put Bruno in before I would put Polanco or Dozier in. Agree completely. Just for postseason Agree completely. Declan is now. I think we should fix that camera well, by throwing is it. Is there out like an the autofocus setting? Yeah, on I, I don't know. It's uh... behind you. Just take it and throw it out the window, and then we'll get a new one. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, do I'll, exactly I'll, that. I'll do that. Yeah. Throw it right out. Break the, the window behind you and throw Our it. Our lead on. IT guy, Judd Zolgad here. <laughs> Have you turned it off and on? That's my favorite <laughs> IT trick. 
Hit us up in the YouTube comment section, by the way. Do you think Jorge Polanco should be in the Twins Hall of Fame? What would you do with Polanco, Dozier, Nelson Cruz? Yeah. If you're old enough to remember Tom Bernanski, what would you do with Tom Bernanski? Let us know. And uh, we'll hit you with another episode probably on Thursday this week of the Scorner Twin Show. In the meantime, if you guys could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple and Spotify, we would greatly appreciate it. Goodbye. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>